0: everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy, even in infertility. Okay, friends, I'm going to give you some instruction. Go grab your tissues. Seriously, like right now, go get your tissues. Almost exactly one year ago, Kelsey and Allison, my two guests today, who are two friends and coworkers, walked through one of the most Difficult things you can go through within only two weeks of each other. They both lost their children only days before they were scheduled to meet them. Like I said, get your tissues. I was smack dab in the middle of a sinus infection during this interview, so excuse my voice, but the sniffles you hear were real. Their story broke my heart. But as always, God is up to something in their lives, and He is no doubt using their
1: stories to encourage women daily. We absolutely want women to know that God did not take your baby, but He welcomed your child into heaven. And how awesome it is to celebrate the fact that your child is woke up in the arms of Christ, mm-hmm. woke up looking into His face. And your child wants for nothing, He needs for nothing. But He is living His best life.
0: Hey, did I mention to grab your tissues? Okay, I think I did. So let's get right to my conversation with Allison and Kelsey. So Kelsey and Allison, why don't y'all tell us a little bit about
1: who you are? Yeah, um, my name is Allison and I am originally from Texas. Uh, My husband and I met when we were in college in Abilene and have been married, gosh, it'll be seven years this September. We have one little girl, Millie, who is um, three going on thirteen. Yep, <laughs> we like to call her three days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she she's fun. She keeps us on our toes. Um, and yeah, we live out here in Colorado Springs and are just in love with being here, in love with the mountains and backpacking and hiking and camping and. Um, just doing all that outdoor stuff that you can't do in Texas because it's way too hot. Oh yeah, yeah. We lived in Fort Worth for
0: four years, so oh yeah, so you know, yeah, yeah. It's like a blow dryer all the time.
1: Yes. <laughs> yep. And your hair never stays how you want it to. Well, it's better than Florida. I, I love that's that about true. Texas. Is there was
0: no humidity. At least it didn't frizz. It may blow, but it's not going to frizz.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's so very true. true. <laughs>
2: And I grew up in Kansas, actually. And after going through college, I actually met my husband, Ryan, on a blind date when I was coordinating weddings at a country club in the good old town of Wichita, Kansas. And um, later set up on a blind date. And about a little under a year and a half later, we are married and we're, we just passed our eight year mark and we have a, a daughter as well. Kennedy, she is five, will be six this coming August. So yeah. So what part of, what part of Kansas did you grow up in? I grew up in the Southwestern part, um, in a small town called Ulysses, <laughs> Not a lot of people have heard of it, but it's near Garden City. And, um, but yeah, my husband and I moved here to Colorado Springs from the Wichita area six years ago, a little over six years ago.
0: Well, our lives are just all intertwined. We're in, we're in Kansas City, so not That's far right. from Wichita.
2: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're both loving Colorado Springs. And like Allison said, we get outdoors every chance we get. And we have to pinch ourselves when we drive to work every day because where we work is in a, a beautiful, almost canyon and ravine, um, just right up against the, the Rocky Mountains. It's yeah. beautiful.
0: Man, I love, I love the Rockies. My husband and I got to go for the first time in August and, or his first time in August. And he was like, he's never been a mountain guy. He went when he was like 13 and didn't have cell reception on the East coast (laughs) and thought like it was the worst vacation of his life. So his, in his mind, the mountains are where you go to like die basically there's no there's there's nothing to do there so we went in August and when he saw the Rockies for the first time he was like oh these are mountains <laughs> these are really pretty yes much different I mean I love the Smokies too but just very different
1: yeah absolutely, absolutely. that was really
0: cool and I haven't been to Colorado Springs but I've heard amazing things
2: yeah it's so great mm-hmm. it's so wonderful there's so much things so many things to do um it's great And it's like the family area, right? It is. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the Christian Mecca (laughs) of the U.S., I always say, just because there's so many large ministries headquartered here. Um, So we have some really great opportunities, you know, really good concerts and um, conferences and just different speakers that always come in. So there's a lot to do. It's really great. (laughs) So you referenced it, but you guys work together. We do. We do.
0: So that's really cool. The only other two-girl interview I've done were— Two friends who actually were sister in laws who did their entire lives
2: together. So it's kind of like you guys are, are the same. It sounds like Well, yes. it's so funny. When I when I started actually working here, Kaylee, um, Allison was out. She was on vacation. And when I started, everyone called me Allison because we actually look quite yeah. a bit alike. And so um everyone's hey, like, funny. Oh, Allison, welcome back. And I'm like, um, actually I'm Kelsey. I'm new here. <laughs> Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. That's awesome. So yeah, we both work for the navigators at Glenary Castle, which is a retreat and conference center that has been around since gosh, started to be built in 1871, completed the castle in 1904. And there's a lot of amazing, rich, um, history just with the purchase of it through the Navigators. Um, uh, Billy Graham was actually first in line for the purchase of Glenary Castle on the property. Um, but he and the owner of the Navigators at the time were good friends and they just felt it. It was a property set aside for the Navigators, and so here we are, and we both work on our sales and event planning team here at the castle, and so we contract private events, um, anything from weddings to week-long conferences for large companies and
1: churches, and it's fabulous. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a fun
1: job. It is fun. <laughs> yeah. keeps you on your toes. No two days are ever the same. So that's nice. (laughs)
2: So true. So true. We have a wonderful team that has just really been here for us, both of us this last year, um, just in just bigger ways than we really could have ever imagined.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of your last year, so I know you guys both have little girls, um, Uh and then this past year though, has kind of developed your story even more. So why don't you guys share what that looked like?
1: Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Um, Let's see. So in January, it was January 24th. I had gone in to the hospital because I hadn't felt um, Cora, my daughter I was pregnant with, I hadn't felt her move a whole lot, which didn't really concern me because it was two days before I was scheduled to be induced. And at that point, your baby is just so big that there's not a whole lot going on anymore. And so called my doctor and she said, Hey, just head into the hospital. Just get things checked out. I'm sure it's, I'm sure nothing's wrong. So I drove myself to the hospital, fully expecting to be induced that day and have our baby. And so just on clap nine and excited. And, um, I was there by myself because my husband was at work, but I let him know what was going on. So you said this
0: was two days before.
1: Yes. Yep. Um, Yes. I was scheduled to be induced on January 26th and I went in on the 24th. Okay. And so, um, I'm sitting in triage or trying to find a heartbeat and they couldn't find one. The first nurse couldn't. And I remember thinking to myself, how are you so bad at your job? This is so easy. Right. I'm sure right. I could do it, which <laughs> I've repented over that many times since. Oh. Um, and so two other nurses came in and no one could find a heartbeat. And I still was just, it was not clicking. It was not getting through my brain that Cora was gone until the nurse put her hands on either side of my shoulders and got in my face and said, I am so sorry. She is gone. And I just remember my world stopping and just, this was never on my radar. I didn't even know this was possible. I didn't know this was an option. And I remember being so upset that nobody warned me that this could happen.
0: Yeah. You get past that beginning months, 12
1: weeks and everybody's mm-hmm. like, you're in the clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's smooth sailing it's from safe. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, they called my husband and he came over right away and, um, we mourned together and, um, I was in, I was obviously induced that day. They wouldn't let me go home. So, um, I delivered, it was, um, it was interesting because each of our nurses that were involved in our time at the hospital come to find out were believers, which had a huge impact on our time in the hospital and, you know, nurses that would pray with us, nurses that would have conversations with us about God and about the Lord and how he is sovereign and how he is good. And that was, I think the first looking back, that was the first miracle I experienced in this whole journey was just being surrounded by fellow Mm. believers during the hardest time of your life. And so, um, I delivered, I think I pushed one, maybe two times and she was born and, um, come to find out she had just gotten tangled up in her umbilical cord. Um, and so there's, There's part of me that's really bitter about that and frustrated because, you know, you hear so many great things about the umbilical cord and, you know, it gives them life and it nourishes them, but it took my baby. And so there was a part of me that was upset that that was the reason she was gone. But then another part where I was so blessed and so relieved because there wasn't anything that I did. There was no like recessive gene or anything that I passed on to her that we needed to be concerned about. Um, so it was one of those double edged swords, if you will. Um, yeah. but we definitely felt blessed. And so we got to spend a lot of time with her. Um, our entire families, both sides flew in that next day and spent time with us and our sweet parents just kind of took over planning the funeral and, um, let us just process where we were and what was happening. And then we invited Millie in to meet her sister, which, um, gosh, that was a hard decision to make because she at the time was two and you're like, how do I explain to a two year old mm-hmm. that here's your sister, but she's not coming home with us. Yeah you know she's in heaven even though she's here um and so again the lord just really showed up and she you know kissed her and loved on her and we have these beautiful photos and videos of that time of us as a family of four um that we just cherish and since then we've had a lot of conversations with Millie about what heaven is like. And do you think Cora is having a good time? Do you think she's happy? And at first Millie was like, no, I think she's so sad in heaven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so then we had to have another conversation. No, heaven's good place. And, and she is, you know, in the arms of God and she's so happy. and um, so there's been a lot of beautiful moments that have come from this just for our little family personally and for Millie. And I think understanding a little bit more of who God is and his goodness. And, you know, thank you so much, Lord, for taking care of Cora and blessing us.
0: I'm just imagining I've got, you know, Emma's, Emma's four and she'll be four and a half when Gray is born. And I just, oh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine bringing her in. That just oh, yeah. that just breaks my heart. But yeah. how, how cool is it that she gets to, she got to see her sister and have those moments of like, oh no, she's in it. Like she's going to have such a deep understanding of heaven at yes. such a
1: young age. Yeah. And that's, that has been our prayer this whole time is that the Lord would in his way, in a way that she understands that he would reveal himself mm. to her in a way that of just childlike faith to yeah. where she can understand yeah. um, and trust him and, and know that he's good. Mm-hmm. Even when we go through hard times. Wow.
2: So that was in January. So yes. Kelsey. <clears throat> yeah. So that day when Allison um, found out in the hospital, um, our, I just remember our boss walking through our office. Like it was just, um, You know, and I knew that Allison was at the hospital just getting checked out just because she had felt very little movement. And, um, you know, we're just sitting there working like it was a normal work day. And my boss comes kind of frantically walking through the office saying, I need everyone in the boardroom right now. And walking to the boardroom, it just hit me like it's something's not okay with Allison or Cora. And um, on my way to the boardroom, I heard another coworker say, um, something to the extent of Allison had last Cora. And I just I I just remember like physically almost collapsing, <laughs> was, like in the hallway, because you know, that's something that I have personally walked through twice before and um at the time. And so um we went to the boardroom and Sarah, you know, our boss kind of explained the whole situation, and I just thought I need to be with Allison. You know, I, I, I know exactly where she's at, what she's feeling, you know, the doubt, the fear, the anger, the, the questions that she has. And I just, I wanted to be right there with her. And so we went to the hospital and, um, who knew that less than two weeks later, the exact same thing would happen to me. Um, it was February 9th on a Friday. We went in for our last appointment before our scheduled C-section on early Monday morning. And, um, they, again, they went to test the heartbeat and, um, they couldn't find it. And at the time I was right, um, I think I was 37 weeks and seven days. I had kind of showing some signs of early preeclampsia. And so they were just very, um, mindful, um, you know, just of the entire pregnancy. I'm also technically considered high risk just because I'm a type one diabetic as well. And so they like to test me a lot. It's great. (laughs) And, um. And so, again, four texts later, including my doctor um, checking for the heartbeat, um, I just I remember. I remember screaming, like praying and screaming at the same time in the room, like, God, breathe life into this baby's lungs. God, save my baby. And just, I'm pretty sure I was speaking in tongues because I have no (laughs) idea of what I said. Um, But I remember my doctor, who is the nicest man ever, um, also a believer, praise the Lord. He just started crying just very gently. And I knew that it had happened again. And so we had scheduled the C-section, moved up the C-section to the very next morning on Saturday morning, February 10th. And we went in and we delivered a perfect looking eight pound baby boy with curly strawberry blonde hair, super thick. (laughs) And um, yeah, Whitson was his name, Whitson Reed Cole, and he looked absolutely perfect. So as you could imagine, we had a lot of questions And we were trying to process everything along with, so we were questioning whether or not we should have an autopsy done or any testing done. And he said, I probably would recommend having some testing done on the amniotic fluid and the placenta. And so um, just like Allison, we got to spend a few days with him in the hospital. And again, our daughter, Kennedy, who was four at the time, you know, got to come in and, and see and meet her brother and thankfully we both had um the hospital that that we both delivered at is kind of odd we actually um were in the same room oh,
1: <laughs> um, oh yeah. yeah talk about hard memories <laughs> yes. Hard memories
2: for sure um but um we had thankfully had a a a hospital psychologist, childhood Mm -hmm. psychologist that came in and and actually talked to both Millie and Kennedy um, separately, of course, just about what had happened and, um, you know, just making memories. And they did a few kind of like little art projects that they did with their, with the girls' handprints um, and then also Cora and Woodson's footprints, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so they were so good. I, I mean, again, we both got professional uh, photos taken from an organization called now I lay you down to sleep. Um, our hospitals provided us with beautiful bereavement boxes Mm -hmm. with crocheted blankets and hats and just, um, bracelets that we both still wear every day. Um, that the the kids have the matching bracelets too. And so, um, So just special things like that just really, really was, you know, obviously didn't fix anything, but, but it definitely, um, provided a lighter, um, just positive
1: encouragement for us. Yeah. In a time of you're thinking I'm in my thirties, I should not be planning a funeral, especially for my child. The hospital was so good in. Putting things together and orchestrating things to create mm-hmm. memories in this moment where you don't even know which way is up. Yeah. And being a little bit further removed from those days, looking back on that, I think that was just such a huge blessing for us. Absolutely. Um, and things that we cherish now and we hold on to and just sweet memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hospital did, like Allison said,
2: just a great job of mm-hmm. providing the resources and. And just really encouraging us saying, you know, you have options. This is, you know, these are all of your options and and we'll proceed how you would like to proceed. Yeah. You know, I hear of stories of women that miscarried years and years ago, decades ago. And like one person who I know in particular, one friend, and she said, they took my baby and I never got to see him. Oh, she yes. miscarried at almost six months. And she said, they took him away from me. And my husband and I were so angry because we never got to hold him. We never got to see him and they never gave us their, his body. And so, um, you know, so we've come a long way, of course, and, you know, since then, um, but we're just so thankful, like I said, to, to our hospital and just our team of nurses in, in the, birthing and labor <laughs> delivery, um, department that, that just gave us the space and the time that we needed. They never once rushed us out of the hospital at all. Um, nor our children out, um, of the hospital rooms that we were in. And so that was such a huge encouragement Absolutely.
0: to
1: us. Wow.
2: So Allison, you were just a few, I mean, you're still majorly
0: grieving. How did, how did you handle that when you heard that news that here it happened to your
1: friend? Oh gosh. I remember, well, I'll never forget when I got the phone call from Kelsey and I just fell on my floor and I thought, there's no way, there's just no way this cannot be happening. It can't um, happen two times to the right, same people like, yeah. that are that close to each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. And at the same points in our pregnancy, Yeah, it's just so bizarre. And so, um, I reacted the way Kelsey did. I, you know, I cried with her. I prayed with her. And then the next morning, I think I was there right after you got out of the um, mm -hmm. operating room. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll never forget when I got the tag that said which room Kelsey was in. (laughs) I thought, no way. (laughs) There's no way she's in the same room that I was in. And walking back there, I stopped outside of the room and I just prayed. And I said, Lord, I need your strength right now for Kelsey. I want to be there for her and to support her the way that she did for me. And, um, and I walked in and I got to see that beautiful redheaded baby. <laughs> and it was um, it was just another moment where the Lord showed up and gave me the strength that I did not have um, at that time to love on and support Kelsey and Ryan as best I could. It was also kind of nice because at that point, um, we had had chorus funeral and the hospital did another great job of just providing you with different recommendations of funeral homes and, um, headstone places, just all of that information. And so, um, I was able to pass that along to Kelsey and just say, don't, worry about trying to figure out who to call or, you know, where to go from here. Here's the place I used. Here's what I did. Just take this and Mm -hmm. and go with it. So there was actually a
2: conversation that we had the next few days of asking Allison if we could bury Whitson right next to Cora. (laughs) And so our kids are are technically (laughs) buried next to each other. Um, we always joke about how they're dating in heaven. Not really, yeah,
1: but, totally uh, married in
2: heaven. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would have had no
0: options on earth. So, well, that's so, so exactly. exactly. We
1: had already signed all the paperwork for them. <laughs> the dowry was in progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's just another sweet, um, area of our story is Knowing that, I mean, we know that Cora and Whitson are not here. They're in heaven and they're experiencing wonderful things. But to go to this huge mm-hmm. gravesite and to see your kid and to know that yeah. they have a friend next to them yeah. is so sweet. And it just provides comfort um, when you're out there visiting. Mm-hmm. And it overlooks Pikes Peak. So the view is yeah. just, you know, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: So what did, what did your next few weeks or months look like
1: after the, after that together? Oh goodness. Um, well, I was on, um, maternity leave. Um, so I just, I was kind of hunkered down at home, trying my best to not mask my emotions, but be a mom, be a present mom to Millie, uh, because she was home with me and my days were focused around just make it until she goes to sleep. And then you can have an absolute meltdown (laughs) and you can cry and you can get it all out. And then when she wakes up, you can be present for her again. And they were dark days. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was so hard. Um, by nature, I am not a stay at home mom. Um, I'm very extroverted. And so even when I have sick days and I'm home by myself, I get so depressed. (laughs) like, Nobody even remembers me anymore. So to to have that as my basis, but then to also be mourning the loss of a child and then be going through all the physical side effects of, you know, I just have a delivery. Yeah. Delivery. And yeah. Oh, no, my milk came in, um, having Ugh. to deal with all of that. Yeah. It was a very, um, depressing time.
2: Mm-hmm. Thankfully, you know, both, where we work, we were allowed to really just take the time that we felt we needed. You know, we each could take the 12 full weeks of maternity yeah. if, if we felt like we needed to. But again, both of us are, are just very people oriented yeah. people. And, um, and so we just thought, you know, staying home for 12 weeks, it just looks
1: Daunting. It was a nightmare.
2: <laughs> it was a nightmare, and so um, after Whitson's funeral, um, our family we we escaped town, and we went on a long road trip and just went and saw some friends that that we knew were just going to really love and support us, and and then of course coming back, it was just like a okay, I can only stay home for for so long. And obviously after a a major surgery, Mm -hmm. like a C-section, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was healed and everything. Um, but again, just taking the time to really say, okay, am I ready to go back to work? Am I ready to be around the team that, you know, um, has gone through so much. Um, you know, I really wanted to come back just to be around Allison and to (laughs) be, um, she's one of my best friends. And so I really wanted to just, um,
1: be with her again. And, um, so mourn together. There's something that Mm -hmm. is comforting about being around someone who has lost a child because you feel like you can let your guard down a little bit because Mm -hmm. they're not looking at you, wondering, oh, is she going to have a meltdown right now? What is yeah. she thinking? How is she doing? You know, being around Kelsey, it was just, okay, I can let my guard down. I can say all of these things that I'm thinking that I can't say to somebody who doesn't understand what I've walked through. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there was something healing once we finally got back together. Absolutely.
2: Well, and I think, you know, something that, that all women go through when they miscarry is they want to hear a story that's like theirs. Mm-hmm. and yeah. And when they find that story, they're like, Oh my gosh, I I need to be friends with this person. Yeah, you're to gonna be with this friend. person. And I need to know exactly what you experience. And I want to share with you what I experienced. And there's just this connection, I yeah. feel that it's very common with women.
1: Absolutely. And then when we came back to work, I think it's important to mention we have such a huge support system here. Mm-hmm. Um, our team expected nothing from us. There was no <laughs> expectation of Well, why aren't you the way that you were before all of this happened? Yeah. Um, And then our boss was great. And she said, if you are having a day where you feel like, hey, I need to leave early or I can't come in. I just can't do it today. Yeah. You take that time. You have as much time as you need. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were, we're so blessed um, by our team here at work.
0: Kelsey, did you say you miscarried before?
1: Yes.
2: So we actually miscarried the first time in December of 2011, a little over a year um, and a few months after we were married. And um, we miscarried actually right before Christmas. And it was like the day after we sent out our Christmas cards announcing that we were expecting our first child. Oh, wow. And so for the next two months or so, we were getting Ugh. congratulatory calls and texts and emails, and oh I had gosh. to tell the story um, over and over, over and, and over. over. <clears throat> so, wow. um, and then, yeah, what's in technically was our third pregnancy loss. Um, we actually experienced a fourth this last August. Um, and so. <sighs> You know, I'm blessed to have the daughter that I do. If it wasn't for her, I feel like I would be in a much darker place. Um, but but also, I mean, God has God has us on a, a weird journey, <laughs> you know, that, that sometimes it's really hard to understand. Um, but just trusting that, that He is sovereign and that He is good and He still has good for me is something that you really, truly do have to sometimes choose on the daily. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to wake up and say... God, I know that you are the author of my story and that you have something good for me in this next chapter. Um, and I think we just have to cling to the
1: hope. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I shared in this, the episode
0: that dropped, um, actually it was this morning that our darkness is not darkness to him right? and our mysteries are not mysteries to him. And even though, gosh, you could, you would want any other light, any other, you know, path that you could have other than the one that that is laid out before you. But it is so obvious that God has like, put you guys together in the same office. Yeah. Yeah. You have so much in common here. You've walked the same journey and now we're getting to the point where you're discovering that he's given you both the same vision. I mean, you can just see it. He's doing something with you guys. Yes. So, so tell us about your ministry that you both have just
2: that he's laid on your heart and what all that is involving. So one afternoon, Kaylee, we went, uh, we left a little bit early just because we were we were just both having a day yeah. and, and it's amazing how God kind of, I think, gave our, gave us our bad days together, yes. <laughs> um, which was kind of nice, not so good for the team, you know, but, um, but we left, we left early one afternoon and, um, we discovered that God had given us a separate the same vision separately Mm -hmm. of ministering to women, telling our story, praying over women that have been, you know, experienced miscarriage and infertility and stillbirth and, and just praying over them. And, um, and so we, we actually went to happy hour and and I'm, (laughs) I feel kind of funny saying that, but, um, <laughs> but even as grieving Christians, you know, having a glass of wine after work almost, right. I mean, you gotta be careful cause it can turn into self-medicating, right. <laughs> um, which honestly kind of what it, what it truly was for me. But, um, but again, we, we discovered that at, at our happy hour and, and we jokingly call it a, a an anointed happy hour <laughs> because, um, just the conversations that we had of just how, evident God has walked and carried us through this time together. Um, it was just so neat just to, to hear Allison had the same vision that, that I had been given and mm-hmm. I had the same vision that Allison had been given. And so birthed from that, um, was Known Ministries. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I think it was at our happy hour, um, <laughs> our anointed happy, our hour. anointed happy hour. <laughs> um, you know, once we shared that we had both been given this vision, it was this, um, overwhelming and scary, but also exciting moment of, I guess we need to do something with this. I guess (laughs) he's telling us something. And we had both really been feeling and felt his leading of our stories are way too similar for Mm. us to not do anything with this. And after losing Cora, my mind was just, this is not going to be for nothing. We are going to celebrate her life. We're going to celebrate what the Lord has done in our lives through this loss. And we have to share that hope with other people. And so like Kelsey said, that's when Four Known Ministries was born. And um, it's been amazing to see God's hand of provision and protection over us Mm -hmm. since we started that. Um, Absolutely. Because we absolutely want women to know that God did not take your baby, but he welcomed your child into heaven. Oh, yeah. And that's good. how awesome it is to celebrate the fact that your child is woke up in the arms of Christ, mm-hmm. woke up looking into his face and your child wants for nothing. He needs for nothing, but he is living his best life. <laughs> and so uh, I think that's the heart behind Foreknown is th- there's hope. Yeah. You know, we cannot walk this road alone we have to journey through it together mm-hmm. um, because we believe that Satan really wants to separate us and pin you down in this make you feel alone yeah make you feel alone and shameful for having lost a child mm-hmm. um, and so that's that's something that we feel like we need to fight that that thought process and just this spirit of, of fear mm-hmm.
2: and the spirit of shame you know, something that we did early on when we first started Foreign Ministries was we did a, a challenge called the Shame Will Not Know My Name Challenge mm-hmm. and talking about how, you know, as women, when we have miscarried, we we go through this, what did I do? Is it something I ate? Did I not drink enough water? Did I not, did I exercise too much? You know, we, we question everything, right? And so when we question that, you know, that's that's an open door for Satan to get a foothold in and, and just completely eat at you. And so, um, you know, when we've started foreign ministries, we actually started on October 15th, which is pregnancy and infant loss awareness day. And it now has just become an an online community, Mm -hmm. um, just to provide hope and encouragement to people walking through pregnancy loss. And we see, you know, we saw a post the other day of, of another organization and it was to the effect of stillbirth is, giving birth to death and we're like, wow, that's oh no. <laughs> so final. That's so negative. Yeah. Like where's the hope in that? Yeah. And so, you know, that's something that we really strive to provide with every single post, every single vlog that we do is, you know, point people back towards the Lord yeah. and and talk about the hope that we have because our hope looks so different from others that don't know Christ. You know, I have a hope Kaylee that when I get to heaven, We have a hope that when both of us get to heaven, we're not only going to be in the presence of our Lord Jesus, you know, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but we're going to have our kids welcoming us home saying, mom, you made it. You, you did so good. We're so happy to see you. Welcome home. And so, um, it's, it's not for nothing.
0: And that's, that is, that is, that is why we get hope because we believe in this is, this is just a blip on eternity, this Amen. life
2: here. And we get to spend eternity with our children and our savior. Yeah. Absolutely. And and sometimes I think, you know, I feel guilty for thinking I'm not, I don't know who I'm more excited to see, no. um, <laughs> you know, my kids are Jesus, but I will tell you, will absolutely, absolutely. But all I can say is that it's going to be one heck of a reunion oh, and right. one heck yes. of a homecoming. And yes. it's a day that we're, we're totally looking forward to. So, yeah.
0: And for him to look at you guys and say, well done, like you, yeah, you honored
2: me in this. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. And that's, I'm not emotion.
0: That's emotional. <laughs> but y'all are wrecking <laughs> me. <laughs> but you
2: know, one thing that, that, that I totally have learned, Kaylee is, you know, I always think, you know, life is life doesn't belong to us. Life comes and is taken from the creator himself, you know, and our babies don't belong to us. Our husbands don't belong to us. It teaches you how fragile life is, you know, and how closely you do need to hold on to things, but also how to not hold on to things in a way and not in an insensitive way, but just in the fact of like, one out of one of us are gonna die one day, mm-hmm. you know. It's either gonna be yeah. me or my husband, and you know someone's gonna have to go first. And but but I have a hope that again with my salvation and God, I will see them again one day. Um, and so yeah, that's the hope that we have.
0: So, how did you guys come up with a name for it? <clears throat> <laughs> oh,
1: it took it forever. Took forever. <laughs> <laughs> we would find a really good one and then we'd research. And of course somebody else had it. Um, <laughs> right. But Kelsey, I think you, I think you had the idea. I just thought, you know, and kind of going back to Kaylee, what you
2: just said, God always knew that this was the plan for Cora and Whitson's life. Mm-hmm. He knew, you know, as it says in scripture, the time, you know, he knows how many hairs are on our heads. He knows the exact second that we're going to breathe our last And there's so much comfort in that, like to know that, that God has predestined our lives to the second Mm -hmm. and what it will look like. And, and I just kept thinking, God knew, God knew this is going to happen. And so, you know, the, I think it was, um, in all honesty, I think it was a a post, um, from She Reads Truth. Are you familiar with She Reads Truth? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely love the ladies. Oh, from She Reads Truth. Um, but they had a post that talk about how, um, and I can't remember the scripture um, itself, but, but just about like God foreknew. Mm-hmm. And, and I just kept thinking about that word and that word foreknew or foreknown just stuck with me. And so um, as I was just thinking, you know, foreknown, God foreknown to be Whitson and Cora's life, you know, to, to that exact day. Um, and so I think it, it also just, you know, speaks to the scripture, um, about God knew you when you were in your mother's womb and, um, and that he's always known and that he has never left you and forsaken you. Um, and so that's how Foreknown Ministries was named.
0: Yeah. I love them.
2: So tell us if someone is face
0: has faced this or is facing a miscarriage or a, a loss, what would be the best way for them to contact you guys? And also tell us a little bit about, about the weekend that's going to come up soon.
1: Yeah, I would say... Um... The best way, there's three different options. You can either message message us in Instagram or on Facebook or also go to our website, foreknownministries.org, and um, there's a little prayer card, I call it, area that you can fill in and that will email both of us directly. Um, and so I would say that's probably the best way at this mm-hmm. point.
2: And both on it Facebook and Instagram, you can just search for known ministries. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we're really excited about the weekend coming up in March. It's going to be March 29th through 31st. It's actually going to be here at the beautiful Glenary Castle and Conference Center here on property, kind of where it was all all birthed. I know, which is so neat. And it is, you know, I always jokingly say it's not going to be a ball bag fest weekend. It's not going to be a draining weekend, but rather one of hope and encouragement where women can learn tangible ways on obviously grieving but but also just seeking the Lord out for their future mm-hmm. and and obviously as a big part of their past has been miscarriage and and their their children that are no longer with him but but how to honor them as they move forward and so we're we're
1: so stinking excited Kaylee um we, we have oh, oh, go ahead <laughs> we just sweet talked our husbands into um, holding a session during the weekend to oh, good,
0: good, good. yes,
1: give women um, an insight on the husband's perspective mm-hmm. of what this loss looked like for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're so super good. excited about
2: that because there's so much for women, but there's there's honestly not really anything out there for men. No. And so um, and it's something that that I feel like God is. We've also challenged our husbands and tasked them with (laughs) this, but also something that God has really put on their hearts, like, because they understand how men grieve so differently from women. And so we're honored to have them just share, um, kind of what we went, what they went through and their perspective and how these women that are at the retreat can possibly better serve their husbands
1: through their grief as well. Yeah. Yeah that's so good. We're also going to have, um, licensed counselors there that will hold sessions with each woman who wants to meet with someone and just talk and get things off their chest and, um, have some great tools for moving forward. We're going to have a Christian yoga instructor who focuses on healing, um, through the Lord and through stretches and yoga. (laughs) Um, We have a nurse that's coming in who's been a labor and delivery nurse and now is a lactation consultant. She's going to hold some sessions as well to answer medical questions. Mm
2: -hmm. And it's just going to be such a sweet opportunity for women just to share their stories because again, women just really are desperately looking to share their story. You know, something that, that we you know, and it's not necessarily out of shame, but but women who have miscarried don't often say their babies names and talk oh. about their babies. Yeah. And, you know, like I have a family of seven. Mm-hmm. Four just different have a have a different zip code, you know? And yeah. um, you know, and and it's yeah, it's funny to to say that, but, but it's, it's true. And so we want we really want to give women just the opportunity to share and be heard and, and just, um, to be there for each other. You know, we, we really believe that, that God has, has, um, you know, given us authority through our testimony and our tragedy. And we want to be there over these women to pray over them, Mm -hmm. to just speak truth into their life. What is reality and what is from the pit of hell itself. And, and just to, to speak life into them and break the chains of shame, to break the chains of fear and depression and anxiety in their lives because of the tragedy that they've been through.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. I'm so glad that we have a mutual friend that reached out and connected us a few months ago. And I'm just really grateful that our paths have crossed because I just, I can't wait to see what God does with your, with your stories and your ministry. And I think it's so needed in our world today. I don't think that we do the best job, um, grieving loss and healing from this. And so
2: I just really am grateful for people like you. Oh, thank you. We're grateful for you, Kaylee, and just the opportunity to come on and share our stories. And thank you for how you ministered to hundreds of women through joy and infertility. Yeah,
0: I can't even imagine what Kelsey and Allison have been through over the last year. But I love what they said. God, I know that you are the author of my story. He's the author of their story. He's the author of my story. And he's the author of your story. Right there in the middle of your painful days, your delayed cycles, and your negative tests, he's writing a story that will be beautiful one day. Maybe not tomorrow, but trust him because God makes beauty out of our ashes. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Join Infertility Podcast. Isaiah forty thirty one says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.